It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 83, Revelation of the Daleks. Oh, I see. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, Debbie? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because of the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's going to be first. Resulting reaction despite it. Are you ready? Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your classic tri-weekly no! Yes, it's going to stay. This is... um, Take two. This is not the first time that Dan and I have sat down to talk about (laughs) Revelation of the Daleks, but what podcast uh, that isn't on episode number 83, (laughs) podcast that has not put 83 hours into a show, uh, hasn't had an episode where they've recorded an entire review of Revelation of the Daleks, only to find out... Uh, that one, one of us was, was not, not recording. Uh, recording. We're not going to so, say who it was. Yeah, but rather it wasn't than Eric. Uh, I'm not going to say who it was. I don't think it's no. important to say who it it's was. It's not important to say. But I'm not going to release an episode that's just me talking without Dan saying anything. <laughs> that would be inappropriate. That would be weird. That'd be yeah. strange. So, Especially because uh, I was. We're both. We're both tired. Uh, we want to oh remember God. what we've said. So I think it's best we just jump into this. Yes. Let's just yes? do that. Yes. Okay. We're, we're going to jump into it. Starting so over. Hit that button. We're going back in time. We're going back in time. again. Ready. I have conquered the diseases that brought their victims here. In every way, I have complied with the wishes of those who came in anticipation of one day being returned to life. But never in their worst nightmares did any of them expect to come back as Daleks. All the resting ones I have used were people of status, ambition. They would understand, especially as I have given them the opportunity to become and the masters of the universe with you as their emperor. But what are the lesser intellects? Or will they be left to rot? Better than that, Doctor. I never waste a valuable commodity. The humanoid form makes an excellent concentrated protein. This part of the galaxy is developing quickly. Famine was one of its major problems. Okay, this is uh, Revelation of the Daleks. Oh my uh, god, this is the third time. This is the this third part. time. A lot of other uh, p- you guys don't know that the first time we did this when we weren't recording, I kept screwing up the thing, or we were saying, or Dan said something wrong about the year or something. Oh, I don't even remember what it was. We did multiple takes. So let's do multiple takes again. This is Revelation of the Daleks. People are going to be like, this is the fastest uh, podcast they ever did. They were pretty much uh, all on speed. Uh, This is Revelation of the Daleks. This is the sixth and final serial of season 
season number 22, lucky number 22. <laughs> this is from 1985. Uh, 85. It always feels like we're in 1985 in all of these shows. It's I think it's like the 1984, 1984 of the 1984 of 1985. Yes, the 1984 of 1985. Okay, what happens in this, you're asking yourself? You're also wondering, did I accidentally hit the speed button on my <laughs> podcast? But no, I no. hit the speed button uh, from my dealer. Uh, the doctor and Perry go to pay their respects to the recently deceased Arthur Stegnos at a space funeral home. Uh, it's called Tranquil Rose. Uh, thanks for asking. And it's located on the planet, uh, funeral planet of Necros, uh, which is the perfect name, I would say, for a planet of the dead. Uh, it's just a coincidence. Uh, meanwhile, Davros, uh, posing as the frozen severed head of Walt Disney, has begun a secret operation of converting the best and brightest into a new race of Daleks while turning the poor uh, or the ugly uh, into food that he sells back to their living counterparts. All the while, a drunk uh, and uh, Stegnos's daughter break into the funeral home to find uh, her father. Also, there's a space DJ a handsy funeral director, a timid mouse lady with bad self-esteem, a high-end assassin and the unclean squire who loves him, and that doesn't even begin to cover the fancy corporate lady in her fast food empire, the Dalek Supremes, uh, I love their work, uh, the security bros, or the president's dead wife. Now, Dan, what did you think of, I will act surprised, but what did mm-hmm. you think of Revelation of the Daleks? Eric, this is one of my favorite stories we've ever, oh, ever watched. Twist. Wait, no, that's, that's twist. a twist. Um, I just want to say this is our second time uh, recording this, the, our review and our third time doing that intro, and we s- still got the name of the place wrong. It's Tranquil Repose. Just oh, what did I say? There. That's because of my Rose. autocorrect, because I put I, this into the thing, and it saying. says, so it's Tranquil Repose, not that's Tranquil right. Rose. Correcto. It's TR. Still, the initials are TR, so you won't get lost because they put TR all over the place. All over the place. Just so you know where you are. Um, Eric, uh, you'll be surprised to find out that I found this to be a very middle-of-the-road story. And I'm going to enumerate all the reasons, (laughs) and you will be surprised by each of them. I cannot believe we lost 45 minutes. It's fine. Let's forget it. People don't don't know that they want the good stuff. They don't want to know this is second-rate. No, this is really good. We're gonna, be it's going to be better this time around. Time. So, oh, stop. Stop your your face. I didn't say I this the last time I recorded, and I should correct it now. This was directed by Graham Harper oh. and written by Eric Saward. So now yes. you can go on. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, as I said, I think this is a very middle-of-the-road story. It's probably one of the Baker stories, the Colin Baker stories I like best. But that's uh, not saying a lot because most of his stories are at the bottom of the heap for me. Uh, because of him. Um, overall, I I thought the story itself was fairly, fairly um, middle of the road, though there are individual pieces that I liked very much. For instance, um, I like all of the secondary characters throughout, um, excluding the main characters of the Dr. Perry and Davros. I really did enjoy, um, especially the assassin, um, Osini and his uh, manservant, um, Slash lapdog. I also really enjoyed, um, you know, the the interactions between some of the funeral uh, home uh, workers. Uh, they they were kind of interesting, at least, um, even if they weren't great people. You know, we were talking about uh, Jobel, who's the the funeral director head, who is just a horrible, disgusting uh, character, but done so well. A very repellent character, portrayed I think perfectly. 
so there there are bits and pieces that I, I enjoyed, but overall, it's a Davros story, and I find his stories to be very much the same story every time. An overly complex plot to lure the Doctor to his death, where he's not going to kill him immediately, instead explain his brilliant plan to him. All the while, there's going to be other Daleks that will revolt against him, especially now this the whole uh, schism in the Dalek Empire. In his quest for power as he creates more Daleks. It's just the same, same, same every single time. Um, I like the performance uh, of the actor, but I don't really think the story is helped by having him at all. And then it's just brought down overall by the interactions between Perry and the Doctor. Um, I just can't stand the portrayal. What what they choose to do with Perry just makes me so angry. Um, and she doesn't help herself in this a lot. Um, so that's kind of bugs me. And then there's the DJ who just was one of my least favorite. Yeah, but see, I like the DJ. So then you, yeah, yeah. I, I am, uh, the opposite, not, I'm not, I don't, this isn't the greatest Doctor Who story in the world, but it's one of my favorite, it's one of the better Colin Baker stories, I should say. Uh, although there, I think there are some in the Trial of the Time Lord, I'm thinking of the one where he went. Like in the Matrix, maybe, or in there, it was like the clowns, or was that, was there like a flashing lights or something? Yeah. Some kind of surrealistic. Right. I, I may give, uh, be more interested in than this one, but for for all of the acting and, the, and the, the overall story, I thought in this was cool. I like the idea that <clears throat> they've created a funeral home to uh, put people in cryogenic sleep because they're going to, you know, take their money. And then at the future, when we figure out how to cure these diseases, we're going to, you know, bring you back to life. And that's all a ruse. Mm-hmm. We've even gotten to the point where these these uh, diseases that have killed these people have been cured, but they're simply turning them into food if, if they have no real value and then selling them back to their relatives, which is kind of dark and twisted and interesting as a concept uh or the you know davros is secretly turning them into these hybrid uh dalek creatures that he's actually growing daleks from the heads of the fallen people waste not why not yeah but i loved the reveal of that when you find out that's what's happening when we were following natasha and the drunk doctor who it was cool that they added the thing that he's a drunk and someone calls him a drunk and he gets waterboarded by whiskey at one point but doesn't have really much of a character. But anyway, when they when they find that thing and the crystal Dalek appears, and then you see like that gross like Mutated pile of head. flesh, yeah. and then there's an eye in it, and it starts talking, and she realizes it's her dad, and she's got to kill her own dad. That was great. I loved. That. I thought that, that was, was actually good. really effective too. Uh, especially, I liked his performance where he's going in and out of like the Dalek voice, the kind of almost quite. Not, not quite yeah. Dalek-y voice, and then pleading for him to kill him back and forth. I thought that was actually really effective. Um, you, you said there was the moment where they kind of reveal or they realize what's going on. Before then, there's even a part where uh, we have the two um, orderly assistant guys. Uh, what are their names? We have... Oh, are you talking about the uh, security? Takis and, Takis and Yeah, Lil. Um, they're talking about this, that these people have been cryogenically frozen, like you said, um, in the hopes that one day when the disease that was going to kill them is cured, they can come back to life. And these diseases have long since been cured, but they're being kept there. They're saying it's... They don't actually know it's because of the food thing. They say that, and this is also very interesting to me, that it's because they've been cryogenically frozen for so long, and the, you know, the whole world can't... Or the right, too many people. Food supply, but the people that are, are still are alive are the ones that are in power... And if we brought these people back out of cryogenic sleep, then they should 
it would upset the power balance. So there's no reason for the people who aren't. Right. And they, they talk about population control, too, that there's already yeah. too many people. We can't add any more. Because uh, there is a there is a famine or a hunger short, shortage or, or a food shortage, which is yep. why they're making so much money selling these, uh, you know, whatever uh, manufactured food substance, yeah. which turns out to be people, uh, which eventually becomes hemp at the end, and they live on that commune. And uh, <laughs> but uh, to get back to the the stuff that I liked about it too, yep. I really thought that um, uh, the camera work and everything in this was excellent i thought the direction was really good and while the story wasn't a hundred percent perfect because there's like a lot of little things that are maybe not so strong and a lot of the inner relationship stuff between characters particularly the doctor and perry were not good um i thought graham harper's work on this was great and especially when they first land on the planet and we get to see the creature come out of the uh lake and the hand uh, pops up, or there's another shot where people are walking down hallways, and the camera just pans down, and we see level after level after level. There's just was really sort of neat composition shots and stuff like that that I thought was great. Maybe a better story with with Graham Harper directing would have been uh, more positive. So, so you're saying the the part of the directing that you like was really more of the technical side of it was the the camera shots the way well the, com- the com- I would say the composition and the way that they uh, transitioned between shots yeah. and and all of that. I would assume that that would be the director that no was- no I agree I agree I as opposed to and and I think that stuff was probably better executed in terms of the direction than some of the performances. For example, I said like I said overall I think the performances were actually pretty good. There were some that were just way overacting um scene chewing and just weird staging that isn't necessarily unique to this but is in a lot of doctor who where you know there's the the woman the kind of meek uh tassenbecker clearly in love with jobel he's she's been rebuffed over and over again i I think that a, a better director may have made that performance better at least that part of the performance better um, she then turns one of the first scenes we see her. He uh, Jobel leaves, and she t- takes out her anger on Takis and Lil to go uh, fix everything to get ready before the president shows up for the funeral. And she just does this walking down stage towards the camera and back to him, back to them, and then just shouts at them. It just, it just felt so fake. And you can see, yeah, her I, the, I don't, I don't screen, mind that stuff as much as you. It really, I, it bugs me because it, it just so. There's so many other parts. I think contrasting it to. Some of the excellent performances, it makes it stand out even more as being subpar. And I think that is obviously the actor's uh, problem, but is a lot, in my mind, with the director trying to make things, helping the actors uh, to create a cohesive feel for all the performances. And I felt like that was lacking. You know, it's the other moment that we talked about with her is the moment that she's going to kill Jobel. And it just makes... It's ridiculous. No, it's 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 a it's long, so drawn out, and you know she's. Well, first we see Chasing her with him up the to back up a little bit. Yeah, she's with yeah. Davros, and he basically says he's going to give her immortality, aka turn her into a Dalek. And she's got in order to do this, she has to prove her loyalty to him and kill uh, this this creep. The, you know, Look, hashtag Me Too, and she says I'm going to do it. So right, you and go into that scene. That, that part's great. I think her performance there is actually interesting. No, but what I'm saying is like that's sort of the buildup. So you go into yeah. this scene thinking, well, at least I did. Yeah. She's still trying to kill him. Like even though she's saying, oh, come with me. You know, you're not safe, blah, blah, blah. 
I always think, oh, this is probably a ruse. You know, she's really going to kill him immediately. But then you find out, no, she really is in love with him. So you get this long, very sort of drawn out scene where he's berating her and telling her she's garbage and she's so ugly and I can have any woman I want. Why would I be with you? And this is all building in her. And as you're saying, it's building sort of very over the top and her actions are. And then when she finally goes to do the killing blow, you could she could have just sidestepped or just said stop or grabbed her hand or done anything to not get killed i mean it wasn't quick it's like here it is and then she says a line and he's just staring at her you know like waiting for that waiting to die then he gets stabbed and then he mutters to himself like i can't believe that that happened it's like we all believed that it happened and no one like there's two guys that are already there that he says, get away from here, that aren't more than a few feet away when this happens and Could don't have rush her. to see what Everyone just on. stopped to watch. I mean, it's, maybe it's everyone wanted him dead. That's fine. I mean, But was, I don't I know. I, I, I like the directing a lot. I mean, yeah, that no, kind no. of stuff doesn't bother me. Like, the, <clears throat> right. the play stuff where it feels like she's going to do a soliloquy or she walks to the foreground of the camera and you see through her face that she's considering what she wants to do. I, like, I kind of like that stuff. It feels very and I like or, or played. Yeah, but, I like all of the di- episodes. He's pretty much direct. I mean, he did Caves of and- Andrazani before this. That's mm-hmm. such a good episode. And then he did a bunch of stuff I know in the new series too. Yeah. Well, like like I said, it's not unique to this story. I think it's actually less pronounced than in, in previous ones. I think. Um, yeah, I think that's of it, the it's time. Just, it is not unique to him. It is just a a style choice that I I don't like very much. And it when it when it jumps out. Um, it's usually because it is contrasted in my mind yeah. with the other performances that are more naturalistic and and strong that those things tend to right. And I, I will I will now jump on your side of the fence or okay. of the wall and talk about a part of that I didn't like about the directing. Yeah, and that is the whole scene of the doctor and Perry going over the wall where the doctor's pocket watch or whatever is broken yeah. by Perry. Couple things. Why is this scene in here? Right. It's a terrible scene. The only thing it accomplishes is to berate Perry and make her more feel small. Yeah, yeah, feel small and stupid. Yep. And it's so poorly executed that you don't even realize what's happening. At first I I'm like is he mad that she ripped his cloak? Because right. you know, she's like on on his shoulders and stepping on his head and he's doing that like funny, oh oh, there's a foot in my face and then maybe you hear a cracking sound and you yeah. hear off I said off panel last time. I won't make that mistake again, and I won't Thank point God. it out. Off Whew. screen, you hear her say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't believe it, and then it cuts to the top of the wall, and she's sitting there, and she's like, I'm sorry, I broke it, and he just With no idea what. gruffly hands her his cape. And why does he have a cape? I, I don't know. He's supposed to wear blue because it's the color of my uh, Yeah, whatever. And then... Um, then he goes up and basically says, you're worthless. And and people are grabbing Perry all episodes. Every character, the enemies grab Perry and pull her around, and the friends grab Perry yeah. and pull her around, including the DJ who's grabbing her before he gets into the Revolution X Aerosmith arcade game and shoots Daleks with the power of rock and roll, which is a thing that happens uh, in it's this. It's amazing that it happens in this story. Um, well, let's, so, so let's talk about Perry then, because I may have mentioned this before. I think Perry, as a character, is set up to be um, – could be a very interesting character. She's she's smart. She's going to university. She has a science background. She's collecting samples. Um, but she's given no agency and is complete, is belittled throughout 
um, her entire run. And I think it's really apparent in this from the moment the, the story begins. It opens with the TARDIS landing on uh, a snowy f- uh, field right by a stream. And we see Perry step out in uh, a blue outfit, muttering under her breath about uh, complaining about something, walks down to the river, doesn't like her lunch and litters immediately. So from the outset, I didn't know what they were doing there. And we start off with the doctor. They made her, whatever the outfit she's wearing, she looks incredibly fat. She just looks huge. Yeah, and I had uh, also thought, just for a second, I was like, oh, was she, was the actress pregnant at the time that they shot this? And then I was like, well, that's a crappy thing to think. And then I was like, I'm not even going to look it up. I'm sure she's not. Um, And then you, you know, Well, I noticed, you you notice later that she's... She, they, she's inside the, the the facility. She's with the DJ. She has her coat off of when I noticed. And they show her full full frame, and she has her normal figure. She looks like she always has. So I don't know why they made her look so fat in the beginning and why they kept the doctor kept saying things about her being fat. And then she calls him fat, and the whole climbing on top of him to get, get over the wall I thought was kind of a play on that. Like, oh, she's so heavy trying to get her over the wall, which... It right. didn't seem to make any sense to the, me. So it, it, that, I think, set off my expectation for the story. It just kind of set the tone for it for me. So maybe if all that hadn't happened, I may have gone into it with a better frame of mind and enjoyed it more. But it, that colored it for me. And I, I really didn't enjoy what they did to, to Perry. And they do kind of do it throughout the entire They, they the do story. it throughout. I mean, the character of Perry in this era seems to exist only as the butt of jokes yeah. and is someone that is just there to either get rescued or to belittle or whatever. I mean, it's just, yeah. she, she, and their relation, the doctor is so unlikable, this doctor, Colin Baker's doctor. Yes. That all of their inner, inner personal stuff is fighting or bickering mixed in, mixed in with like these fake moments of, exactly. of uh, closeness or friendship that doesn't work. Like it no. doesn't, it doesn't play at all. Like, and it, some other doctors can do that, but it this doesn't feel – it just feels like he's not a good dude, and these people don't like him. And if they're as bad as the writers are constantly making him, why are we spending all this time with these people? Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. not a – it's not a good combo. Yeah, it, it is It is particular to this era, so it's not, it's not necessarily this story per se that makes that so bad. It just – it is from the beginning – <clears throat> emphasized from the very beginning of the story. Yeah. And one concept. thing to, to beat up on Perry a little bit more. Let's like, do that. <laughs> when they, uh, when the doctor reveals his uh, monument of death, yes. uh, you hear her say like, oh, is there one for me? And you know there's nothing for you. Like, why is anyone making Perry a monument? You're just some American person they took off a boat, right? Right. Right. I mean, yeah. there's no reason for that. And also, I don't know if I've already said this in this episode or in the one we recorded. Because sure. <laughs> if if someone says in podcast, they're like, "Is Eric crazy?" <laughs> he already told the story about how Perry doesn't have a monument. Don't remember. No, don't I think remember. this was the first time this time around. So we're good. We're good. Okay, we're, good. we're fine. But okay. So, but wait, 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 wait. One more thing. Wait, there's more. There is more. Speaking of Perry, you must Please. have liked the fact because as a non-fan of Perry. I'm not a or, non-fan. Uh, as, a, as a non-fan of Perry's accent, yes. you must have loved the scene in which uh, the DJ meets Perry for the first time. She says, like, 
whatever she says. And he goes, is your accent real or why you have such a bad accent? No, or no. Is that, is, is that, that your real really accent? your accent or whatever? Yeah. I, and I, I thought that I was so. specifically I thought that was very real. funny. That was that was a good nod to like the fact that she is doing an accent. Whether it's a nod to her doing a bad accent, I don't know. But that was, yes, I found that pretty amusing. Um, let's keep talking about Perry some more. Okay. So Perry has some moments that just read to me as really poorly executed where there's supposed to be emotional moments. There's two of them. One we see, so we mentioned it before, we, the the cool effect of the, the mutant hand coming out of the river. And then later we see this mutant come rushing at the doctor and Perry from the woods. He's the makeup. I thought was really effective. He looked disgusting. And when the, he's grappling with the doctor, I actually felt like, Ooh, don't touch him. Like it was really effective looking. Um, the doctor tries to hypnotize the guy, that doesn't work, and they they struggle, rolling around to the ground, and Perry decides to intervene and reluctantly clubs him lightly on the back twice, yeah, not killing the guy. So the point is that Perry's supposed to have this moment of, Gee, oh my god, I killed a guy. I can't believe I killed a guy, and, and, he, and he forgave me. And why did he have to be so nice about it? And the doctor's like, well, you had to. And that was it. There was no... There was no further moral reckoning with the fact that she murdered someone it was and and she didn't really seem that upset other than just saying the words that she was upset. no see i i disagree a little bit i felt like in that scene uh she did a good job you know the actress did a good nope. job uh nicola bryant of of saying oh my god i i killed this person why'd they have to be so nice you know now i feel so bad and the doctor at that point should have said he was yes. already dying. He his skin is falling apart. He came out of the swamp like right. he is. You didn't do this, Davro, or he, we wouldn't. The great healer, the, did the great this healer job. did it, or whatever. Yes, um, I expected that to happen, but he, you're yeah, right. He, he didn't do that. Say that. And he then kind of let her deal. To your point, and this is more. This is again the script's fault. Yes, that is never explored after that scene. That scene ends. And it's as if nothing happened. It's not like she then has to kill somebody or some, you, something happens later and she, ha- she recalls the scene and she grows and whatever. It's just like that happens and it's just over. It's just there. It's Why just bother these- having it if, she doesn't, if she's not going to have that sense of reckoning, which I think would have been very interesting. Yeah. Yes, that's... But it's yeah. fine. Again, it's, it's the doctor being this... This doctor is just not and, yeah. uh, a doctor that has any kind of empathy really no, for no. anyone so it's just you know that's just the way he's so i said there were, there were two moments there's that one that i felt kind of fell flat emotionally for me and that again is the writing and not necessarily the actress though i think her portrayal of saying she's upset and not actually appearing upset bugged me in the same way that it happens the second time when the doctor goes and sees his uh statue uh memorial of himself gets so close to it that it tips over and falls on him she thinks he died she thinks he's got crushed by this giant massive stone statue and she barely reacts now maybe she's supposed to be in shock and uh, can't react to it but one of the things she says is how am i going to get home she doesn't know how to fly the tardis fly the tardis like this it's a weird they have a weird weird toxic relationship um that doesn't really get any better and then at the you know remembering her ending she gets married off to some king on some planet right isn't that how her whole thing you think she's dead and then they bring her back and she's married to someone sure i think that's how it happens let's say that happens yeah remember um, it's the whole trial of the time lord where she dies she remember she gets her head shaved and she's like the oh yeah you know, like yes, the yes. end of buffy and then right. she gets killed 
and then but she's not dead and they bring right. her back and they they say something like oh she's married this the guy that's from right, that's uh, right. flash but, gordon because we don't actually see that we just hear that that's right okay um can we talk about davros's plan because yeah well I was at, at least is this involved part, is involved this scene with the monument yeah, like why I, he built this monument that's out of uh, styrofoam because it doesn't kill the doctor and i think he says it's just very easily throws ruse. it off yeah and then there's yeah. blood as you pointed out and why what is this all about right so you you had hypothesized uh that that was just kind of a mind game by davros that he's doctor's gonna see this he's gonna think oh i'm actually gonna die which he does that part works yeah, the doctor has goes this thing i've come into my my own future i'm seeing my death i'm not gonna survive this um uh, that's when Perry goes off and thinks, well, maybe I have one too. Um, but so that makes sense that the Davros is messing with his head um, in order to you know, get him off his game and do whatever he's going to do to him. Except that when the doctor gets fake crushed by the fake statue, he pops up with fake blood on him that Perry comments on. And the doctor says, no, that, that too, just like the statue was part of a uh, elaborate theatrical effect. To what purpose was there fake blood? So Davros <laughs> expected it to cr- not really crush him. So he expected that this thing would fall on him and that it wouldn't kill him. And the, that the doctor would be like, oh, so that was just a ploy. But then well, was, it was it triggered? Was it triggered? Was it like a booby trap and it was triggered to fall? It fell out of nowhere, so it must have been. It thing. didn't fall until he got close to but it. But this is the same guy who crafts an animatronic head, his own head, that has a realistic animatronic on a spin thing yeah, so that he can spend... Cool effect. I yeah. don't know how many years he's been the great healer. He's been in the closet. He wakes up in the morning and he's stuck in a closet for maybe years controlling an animatronic head just for the... In case there's a chance that... And he's never done this before. Like no, this he, Maybe he was like, well, this is how I'm going to prevent from getting stopped. So that if somebody shoots him, he can then wheel himself out and say, ha-ha, that, right. was a, that was a fake animatronic head. But day in and day out, he's stuck in that closet. The in, we don't find out that, that that's a fake thing until like part two, the end of part end two. End of part two. So the entire time, he's just been on his own in the dark. Like playing his Game Boy or whatever, and then trying to talk to people through that dumb animatronic head. head. So, and and he fully it's expected just so weird. to get a, he expected to get attacked because he says that was meant to draw the assassin's bullet. So he knew that at some point he was going to get attacked. Some years in the future, who knows? Yeah, I didn't who actually knows? until you pointed this out. I didn't realize that that's what was happening. I thought that I'm just dumb. So let's just take that with a grain of salt. That that animatronic head that was there was actually Davros until that last scene when he knew the assassin was coming and then he got his head put back onto a body. <laughs> oh, that doesn't well, make you sense. You know what? I said, I'm dumb. Maybe. It doesn't make sense. Right. Maybe. I don't know who did the <laughs> surgery, but right, perhaps. Right, right. You know? No, no, it makes no sense. I'm dumb. That does, but, it's but his not, plan It is make, just like it, as dumb. It's always as so him elaborate. S- like, oh. stuff, there's so many, him and the master, there's always, like, all these extra levels of detail that right. is not. And why right. does he bring, I mean, I understand he wants to turn the doctor into a, a Dalek. Sure. But to what end? He talks about ter- just torturing him. I think that's just to you do know, that. Just he wants to, to turn the to doctor. Torture? Like, get your army settled. And then, we're, I don't know. I mean, no, he's no, got no. a good amount of these Necros Daleks or whatever. I mean, what he really just want, should do is just kill the doctor with a thousand Daleks surrounding him. But 
I mean, no. Instead, he has to prove how brilliant he is and then torture him by turning him to the thing he hates. Right. And, and, but yeah. his bigger enemy, I would argue, is not the Doctor, but it's the followers of the Dalek Supreme who get yeah. called in by the security team. Yeah. And we uh, how? I mean, they call, uh, to my understanding, the two security guys, Takis and uh, Lilt, yeah. are the, you know, the two, they work for the funeral home. They start to sort of realize, hey, things are not what they should be. They just kind of get fed up out of they nowhere. They get kind of fed up, and they're like, the place was better before, and we even though they're torturing here. people. What? We used to have fun here. Now yeah. it's no fun. Right. So he's got yeah. his red uh, Make Necros Great Again hat on. He throws <laughs> that on, and he's like, we're going to call in the other Daleks, right? Yes. How does he have their number? Like, does so- he... Right. How Did they already communicate with them? They, how does he know that there's another faction? Yeah, that and he calls Scaro, and Scaro immediately knows that the, the uh, Davros needs to be tried. Right. So he knows it's Davros, not the yeah. great healer. Like, he's able to say, like, if you just called Scaro, like, collect call from Necros to Scaro, do you accept the charges? And then they say yes. If he just said, like, hey, there's a guy, the great healer here... Right. I don't know. I mean, I guess he would say that we we have Daleks. So is this? There's some maybe they would assume. Here. Right. Yeah. But if the Daleks are bad, how does he know about their history? Right. That they would be the ally you would need. I don't know. It's it's a, like a weird. Right. So there's several thing. levels there of like. Okay. So I guess everyone knows what the Daleks are, and then I guess everyone knows that there's an internal struggle between factions of Daleks, and I guess everyone knows how to get in touch with Scaro. Like, that's, a that's the logical on. leap you'd have to I, make. I think maybe I, I'm missing a big part of the story. So, okay. uh, uh, this guy, Takis, at one point talks to Sexy Siri, right? Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> who's coming? Sexy. And they talk about uh, the presidentship. Yes. And then there's another ship. Oh, there's an, an unscheduled, unscheduled ship. So yes. that's the Daleks. That must be. But so the Daleks are already coming anywhere, anyway. Maybe that's what happened. And then he, he talks them? to them and says, help us. Maybe that's it. Right. Maybe that is it. And I just didn't connect the two. Uh, I didn't. I forgot about that scene. I, for, I didn't forget about Sexy Siri because that breathy <laughs> voice, you can't get out of your head or your heart. Um but, but I don't remember right, there was this freighter, scene. But he didn't seem he didn't seem surprised by it, except he didn't know what it was on the screen. So yeah, and he, he kind of smiles and he's like, he's like okay, "Oh, thanks. yeah, maybe this can be used." Okay, so maybe he just got in touch with that freighter and it was Daleks, and then he explained it there. That we uh, hopefully that's the what happened. Do we, we see we the scene with him literally having that conversation, or is it just implied? It's on the DVD. It's it's about a thirty minute scene. Um, see, a I lot can't. of wrong numbers. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I don't think we ever see it. I, because it felt a little bit like all of a sudden the other faction of it Daleks just, were showing just up. Happens. Yeah. And now, but now I sort of, I think I figured out what that was. Um, we haven't talked about a couple. Okay, so we, we really haven't talked about some of the other major characters in the story. Uh, those being, and how we can uh, uh, go at this however you want to, but we've got the fast food empire lady. Fast food we, empire we've got, lady. Uh, Orsini and Bostock. We've got uh, fast food empire lady Kara and her assistant uh, Vogel. And we also have the DJ, uh, which we should talk about. So, which would you like to talk about, Eric? Well, I would say there's a lot of pairs, right? So, yes. it's like you have Kara and Vogel. You've got o- Orsini and Bostock. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Takis and, and Tasha. You've got Jobel and that uh, mousy lady. Tasha and obviously the doctor. And uh, So, I, a lot of pairings. But Except I will say, uh, the, I really like the fast food empire lady, goth queen. 
um, mm-hmm. and how cold she was and the fact that she wasn't she was a villain for, while also not being a villain like she's trying to kill Davros and she hires well uh, she's a, she's a villain she, she's just for, like enemy of my enemy is my friend yeah type, for her own means completely she's going to kill the assassin yes. uh, she's going to control the food so she's not going to stop the the empire I mean she's still right. going to be selling uh, you know what they're selling selling food Selling the dead back to the living. Uh, so Delicious. I liked her. I thought she was cool, uh, a cool character and very cold. And the fact that this guy was doting on her, uh, I believe I yeah. mentioned the Veep comparison. It felt very it much like It does feel a little um, bit like that. Yeah. I, uh, I at first didn't like her performance because I thought it was very arch and over the top. But then you is. see scenes where, but then you see scenes where it's just the, her and her assistant and it's much more real. So you can see like that's very put on. So I actually ended up liking her performance more than I, I expected to at the beginning. But I, I thought that was very yeah. interesting. The whole thing with, you know, selling the dead uh, as food in order to fund the project to make more Daleks, I think is very dark and interesting and, and kind of gross and cool. But we didn't need this whole set of characters. D- Davros could no, have just uh, been doing this. Yes, you could have gotten rid of a lot of the, the, of the subplots, including the president and the president's wife. Yeah, you didn't need I mean, maybe it any of that. You didn't need the drunk doctor that's uh, going in with Natasha. You didn't need N- Natasha. Right. So, like, you have all of these little elements that, to me, make the story more uh, rich, richer. Like, I, I yeah. kind of like again. I'm still a little bit more positive on this, and you're you're more negative. I mean, these, um, these things were fine. It just uh, it's not that it wasn't. I think you're right that it does make the story richer. It gives it. Uh, more things happen. We get to see these things from different points of view. So that's great. It just doesn't feel like in some of these cases, there was a lot of payoff to them. So it didn't really tie together. Like we have the pairing of Natasha and Grigory looking for her father. And then the the reveal of the father in the, in the glass, um, glass Dalek and that interaction with them, like we mentioned, I thought was actually effective, but then it doesn't go anywhere because they, they just die trying to blow up the lab, but it's not even the real lab, so right. they like die you, for no reason. Yes. If you had removed them and had the Doctor and Perry in their place discovering this, or, it would have been No, that would be cool. Or you could have had it be um, the two caretaker guys, Takis and Lil, because they weren't. They didn't know that the, the whole thing was to create Daleks. They thought they were running a funeral yes, home. Yes, everybody— so they had discovered that, oh my god, this is what's happening. That would have given them a reason to change their— to have a moral reckoning and come onto the good yeah, side, no, I, I, but they I didn't. I think that would would have been a little bit better. And also, the um, you know, they're not aware of the Dalek program, nor is Kara and her fast food empire. I mean, they know right. Daleks are there. They know that you know that people are being turned into food. I believe, but they Cara do does. not. Kara does. But, yeah, but I don't. I don't think. But that they do Takis not know do. about the Dalek program. That's a yeah. secret that only right. So there's, if there's aware. the two secrets of the food protein supply and the Daleks. It seemed like Takis and Lil knew none of that, and Kara only knew about the food part of it. Um, and then, obviously, Davros had his elaborate plan over all of it. Yeah, it was just interesting. I mean, it was fine. I liked. Um, so we talk about uh, Orsini and Barstock. yeah, I loved him. Bo- I loved Bo- his Bo- read Bo- on it because, like, those lines could have been read any other way, and he could have been a tougher, like, more like gruff space assassin. But the mm-hmm. very gentlemanly and very he's a knight, uh, kind of right. What is it? He's basically a knight. Because yeah, yeah, it's like a sword, a but this is, this is my or, sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, exactly. That was interesting. So there, there's he's a lot trying more to get his story there. There's a backstory they don't really explain that he's in this order, but it's interesting enough that it, it's it's compelling, but they don't 
tell you enough about it, which is good. It's yeah, just and it's of, famous like, enough that the doctor is aware of it. Right. When the doctor tried, he pretty much just beats beats the doctor up, and he's like, "What a fool I was to attack uh, whatever the order of the." Slow talkers or whatever. I don't know what his sure, uh, sure, sure. his thing is, but I like. I just liked how how that actor took that role and just did it very sort of calm. Yes, you know everything's very yes. sort of laid back, but he's super sinister and he'll kill you in a second. Right, and I right. thought that was a, a good read on that. And I, I think his his uh, lapdog uh, stinky guy. What's his name again? Uh, Oh, Bostock. Oh, he um, was an interesting character. He was an interesting character, too. And the fact that they had this relationship where, where Bostock's instincts were never wrong. Um, and the one time they were wrong, that or that one time that, that Orsini didn't listen to him, he lost his leg. We didn't talk about the, the fact that they had a prosthetic <laughs> he leg. He gets his leg shot off. It gets uh, shot leg off. Leg gets shot off and uh, Davros's hand gets shot off. So there's yes. two uh, limbs or Limbs. Go, limbs akimbo. Um, <laughs> his leg gets shot off. And then when Bostock dies... And 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 everyone has left the room, and and uh, Orsini's left behind is going to blow up the communicator. That's a bomb. He's pulling Bostock towards the control panel, yeah. and he's like has his stump leg wrapped around him and he's pulling tussling his hair. Too. It was really really weird. Yes, and he rubs his head <laughs> as he blows up the bomb. The old dog. Um, I I loved I loved their interactions, and he and he had this this respect and communication with the doctor where he's indicating with winks and nods like i'm gonna grab this thing get his attention yeah and the doctor that interplay was very good and all that stuff yeah i really i I enjoyed that so it's sort of i I enjoyed that too but but it sort of makes the davros look like a big chump i mean it's what davros is literally in this room and and uh uh what's his name osini what's the the he's like got his knife out like he's like yes showing his knife off to the doctor and the doctor's waiting like and Davros is unaware of this. Davros doesn't disarm him after he kills uh, the uh, uh, fast food empire woman. Yeah. Like yeah. he's just sort he he gives him a bomb, right? To, and he's right. like, show maybe at that point he doesn't know what it is, but then she says what it is, right? And the Davros doesn't make one of his flunkies take the bomb away. Like it's just sort of weird. Like he just lets this guy sit here as his prisoner with a bomb, a knife. Yeah, and who's also like this crazy assassin? So it was right, like, right. come on, man! Like you know, get your oh, house in order. One thing we do see with Davos, which I think is the first time, it um, was his floating chair. His chair is like up on rockets, flying above. the The effect was so bad because he's right above um, the injured uh, Orsini laying on the ground. And the way that the superimposition works, it like cuts through. It looked it looked terrible. Yeah. So they have the thing that the that Davros's chair can fly, and yet in the rest of the scenes, he's still doing his little sit down scuttle, moving the chair around. <laughs> it just looks so ridiculous. It looks like he's it's like spinning out of control as he goes out of the room. I just want to poor Davros. And then when it's, the, the when okay. the other Daleks arrive, and he's just this helpless little child, it's like no, right. take him. He's the problem. Right. And the, the whole plan at the end, the guy's going to suicide himself, and he is going to get his honor back by killing Davros. Right. Which I but they don't kill Davros. Davros no. gets away. Everybody gets away. They blow up everything else. They blow up all the labs and all they, the Yeah, that's the one the point they that, say he did something even better than kill Davros. He destroyed the labs, but well, Davros, will build, a, Davros a, will build another lab. It's a nice consolation, but he didn't yeah. really At least it wasn't better. a complete waste. Yeah. So they they were interesting. Um, I guess we didn't really just we didn't talk about the DJ. 
No, we did a little bit. I maybe we. I can't remember if we did or not. To be honest with you, I liked him because I'm a Young Ones fan, and that is uh, Alexi um, Sale or Sala. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Who's from the Young Ones? So as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, I expected him to act the way that he acted because he did a lot of those like goofy characters that are supposed to be corny and that's sort of the joke is that he's doing it and then he's changing his voice tempo all the time and he'll do something like that and then he'll say something under his breath like you know whatever and that's sort of his shtick so for me i had buy-in on him because i like him right. as a comedian right. goodwill yeah and you i can definitely understand why you would find it sort of annoying and corny well yes and i and i still i understood that well, I didn't know what was going on at first. I had no idea why. I still don't know why there's a DJ. Like they explain that it's part of the package. Yeah, and they I like the, the fact that they Fine. had the DJ. So it's like an upsell that while you're in suspended animation, he is going to tell you about the news of the day. So you're yeah. sort of. I kind of thought that was that was kind of cool. Totally fine. But why they had to have him dressing up as you know a '60s guy? I don't even know what time period this is exactly. But dressed up as someone from the 1960s uh, hippie DJ, and he keeps going backwards, and it's like. The and then he's in the jazz 50s. guy. It, and that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a greaser. Then he goes back to like the big band guy. Anyway, they're doing that. That's fine. And I get that he was doing. It was very tongue in cheek and and over the top on purpose because the moments when he does the whole shtick and then he's talking to the rest of the the people and he's kind of like commenting on it in a meta way. That I I get it and I just didn't like it. <laughs> I just didn't think it was very right. very fun or, or interesting. And the, that Perry loved it. Made it seem like oh this is actually not supposed to be tongue-in-cheek that it's actually supposed to be good because she thought it was so interesting it just totally didn't work for me um fine uh i did however like at the end that when perry goes to him he's going to try to protect her and sacrifice himself for her <laughs> like you said then destroys daleks with uh sonic with rock and roll sonic rock, rock and roll, roll. Yeah. but to um to keep talking with the the, Please the do. DJ sixties seventies thing or sixties fifties thing, yeah, all of that was sort of to to tie to Perry, right? Because she has this scene where she feels homesick and she misses America. She's hoping he's American, and she's sort of sad when she finds out it's a, it's a voice. And and there's this back and forth, and I kept thinking, oh, they're going to reveal that uh, the Earth is destroyed or there yeah, is no yeah. Earth because I he's like so too laughing like you're from earth like he like he can't he thinks she's joking because right this this whole culture is dead but they never say that it never goes anywhere that i yeah. that i picked up on anyway it was just like I a weird scene that i too. thought was going to go maybe in a different direction or have a payoff but it, it didn't, didn't seem so didn't yeah i think we covered all so, of the things I think twice now yeah i can't i i don't know if there was more i covered the first time that i think that i've talked about that i didn't it probably wasn't worth it. No, I think I think we hit all. I think we hit all the main points. We're fine. Um, so we want to wrap up here and uh, get some feedback from our our listeners. Did I talk about how many people manhandle Perry? You I think did I twice about now. That you this, did mention this time. both times. Sorry. Oh, we man, talked about recording. the dumb plan of the of I'm the not Davros Just several saying. times. Yep. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. Cool. America cool, doesn't cool, have cool, a mono- cool. America doesn't have a monopoly on bad taste. I thought it was a funny line. That was a good line. Yeah. Okay, so yep. fantastic. We got. Uh, what do um, people think? I mean, where where do they stand? Whereas we just talked at length about where we stand. Yeah, we got a, we got a bunch of feedback both on Twitter and uh, email. So let's check out the emails first. Uh, 
Mike F. writes to us, um, looks like your next episode is Revelation of the Daleks. I have a lot to say about this episode, but I'll try to keep it short to improve its likelihood of being read on your podcast. Dude, you write it, we'll read it. Uh, the no, but keep it stri- short. <laughs> but, but keep it short. I'm sorry. No, it's here, so keep it short. No, keep it real short. Uh, the most striking feature of the story is how much of it is totally inappropriate for a show ostensibly intended to be family-friendly. Among other things, the story features double entendre that could be more accurately descri- described as a single entendre. Uh, the Doctor and Perry body-shaming each other, yes. Mortuary em- employees body-shaming each other, true. Disturbing scene depicting patricide. I thought that was an effective scene, though. What well, do you think we both said that? I yeah, that, I like sure. that. I but that was color, hard. Yeah. I, I, I imagine for a kid that's that's pretty disturbing. Uh, disturbingly hostile work environment at a mortuary that includes cruel romantic rebuffs, overt sexual harassment, and murder with embalming fluid. Yep. Yeah, and that's uh, a straight-up murder, like, for a kid show. And he literally – they show it. I mean, they yeah. show her stab, and then you see it sticking out of his heart area yeah. or whatever. And it's, like, pretty pretty violent. Well, there's this uh, waterboarding and torture. and there's, yeah, there's a lot. It's, yeah, it's pretty great. rough. Needless to say, eight-year-old me thought this episode was awesome, and I still like it. Um, Colin Baker gets a bad rap, including from you guys, but I won't hold it against you. I don't think we said anything that uh, indicates we have feelings about Colin no, Baker. No, I just said what was true. He's probably the best. Um, the biggest problem with this episode is the really lame cliffhanger at the end of the story that doesn't even get resolved. In the next story, if I remember correctly, four out of five stars. We forgot to mention that. The cliffhanger is the falling monument, right? No, no, no. The, the story cliffhanger. The end of the story. Oh, uh, where they're Doctor going. We're going to, uh, yes, they're going to go to, and that's a freeze frame. And then, I mean, everyone that's listened to this already knows this, but I wasn't aware that the show was had a, a possibility of not coming back. So they were leaving that open. It was supposed to be going to Blackpool, but um, is this Trial of the Time line. Lord that is the next episode or next story? What is the next story? We were we're so out of order. It's hard. Yeah, for I me can't to remember. remember where we are. I mean, that's uh, the last season. Is Trial Trial of the Time Mysterious Lord, right? Planet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that I mean, that was interesting that they kind of left it like that, and I guess it was they called it the eighteen month hiatus, uh, but then they kind of bring it back onto a regular fall schedule after that. So, yeah, that was kind of weird that. When I saw that, I was like, why did they not tell us where it was coming from? And yeah, I was a little odd. Yeah, but it was fine. Okay, thanks, Mike, for for all of that. I think we agree with you, except for your horrible opinion that Colin Baker doesn't get a bad rap. Okay, so Tim B. writes to us, uh, Revenge to the D. Interesting. Uh, can't wait to hear uh, what you fellas thought about Revelation of the Daleks. It's one of the few classic Who I hadn't seen till now, so thanks for forcing me to watch it. You're welcome. Part one, I enjoyed everything about it except the DJ. All right, the Doctor and Perry. So everything except for the DJ and the two main characters. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Loved all the other characters. Question, is that dude turning into a Dalek the grossest body horror you have ever seen on Who? Yeah, that's up there. I mean, that was pretty, pretty, pretty vile. I can't think of any other really gross ones. But I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was really effective, um, too. I, like, it looked really gross. But yeah, maybe, maybe it was... The, the worst uh he says that seemed really intense didn't yeah, look it was like lame something like out the of typical the fly cronenberg's fly movie with uh, yeah it's not it's not cronenberg level body no. horror that that creeps me out and makes me really uncomfortable but it was pretty close um he says this was pretty nasty part two enjoyed the whole thing and all the characters including the doctor dj and uh perry okay so they got all got redeemed in the end i i, I guess i kind of said the same thing about the dj i liked him towards the end and the Doctor and Perry having to interact with other people besides just each other does make each of them better. <laughs> so that's fine. 
Um, love the high body count. Clearly, we're going for a more adult violence with torture and killings, not to mention that weird old dude perving up on Perry. Do you think? Do you guys think they went too far? Hard to call the story a kids show. Eric, what do you think? Did they go overboard with the um, yeah with the, adult the nature the of the murders? Stuff? Well, that too. Yeah, yeah, all of the above. Was it too much? I for don't the know. I don't know, man. You're a guy that has. I kids. mean, they always say it's a kid show, but it's only. I used to, oh, I, I, maybe a little bit too too. Um, like you didn't need to see. Like you could have did the stab down or whatever, and not, not see, see it sticking out. Um, but like the the body horror stuff, I would have kept in for a kid of show. The the sexual violence stuff is a little weird. It wasn't. Right? It but wasn't I, good. I didn't think it was. Don't good. get me wrong, but it wasn't. Couldn't have, it could have been so much worse, and it wasn't. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, of the era as well. I guess I don't. Yeah, it's fine. Um, finishing up here, I still don't like uh, two port forty five minute structure. I don't think it did the show any favors with such uh, entertaining actors and characters. I think this one would have been well served with four twenty two minute episodes instead. Um, even when they break it up into the two into into four parts, it wasn't written that way. So there's not really good cliffhangers, and I I like that structure of of lead in story and then cliffhanger that gives it a better rhythm so i agree i don't think the 45 minute structure really helps i really regard, like the three-part the structure that's my favorite we don't but with get 22 minute segments it's it's that that amount of time that i think works so much better where you have a build up a chunk in the middle and then kind of a the pace quickens at the end would have served this better i think anyway cool thank you very much <laughs> For that feedback, Eric and I both agree, as always, on everything I just said. Um, on the Twitters, um, there's a huge thread going back and forth, so I'm not going to read all of that, but that's so cool to see you guys interacting with each other. Um, so I was following along with all of you. So that was great, but let me just read some of the, um, the highlights to our response yeah, here. And read quickly, because I have to leave. Yeah, that's right. Finishing up here. Um, Andrew Stevens on Twitter says... Uh, about this story, it ends well, but you have to sit through a bunch of not much to get there. I like Davros taking time out of his busy taking over the galaxy day job to meddle with the office politics of a corporate undertaker operation. He's a real hands-on. Yeah, leader. he does like meetings. Like they <laughs> yes, have like does. meetings of just like you know how much <laughs> of the like middle management stuff was going on and just like. Hey. Do you guys have time to quick? What's uh, our quick next call? steps on the? Let's just uh, jump yeah. on a quick call, and uh, if we can have action items at the end, that'd be <laughs> okay. Uh, our friend Kristoff says uh, recently saw Colin Baker called Warhol esque, not grappling with the art implications. This era is cartoonishly violent for shock value only, and I've finally found the word I've been searching for. Yeah, uh, cartoonishly violent. I mean, I, I guess for the time and the other material around it, it's it's hyper violent, but it didn't really bother me all that much. But okay. Yeah, um, I, I, I what do you think? With you, Dan. Yeah, I don't. Th- I mean, we talked about it. It's fine. Yep. Uh, Bernard says, uh, "Love Revelation. It's just awesome material." So there are a lot of people that really rate this one very highly. Um, I think, like we both said, it's probably rated highest among the one of the highest among the Colin Baker stories, but uh, not in the top ten for me. Uh, World Enough in Time podcast says, "God, this whole episode of faffing around before the Doctor and Perry enter the plot." I will never care about Dalek factions. The subject matter is too dark for who. Massively overrated then and now. To which uh, City of Jeff, which is a great name for a Doctor Who yeah. City of Jeff, um, responds um, laughingly. Uh, one of my favorite stories from the 80s, Davros, the Davros Heavy and the best Davros at that. Uh, Terry Malloy and Colin sparkle together. Not many sport- stories that have thinly veiled penis gags either. Well, I missed a thinly veiled penis gag. I think it was... 
the penis was more veiled than I expect because I don't know what it is. All right, please tell us. Everybody, what the write penis in on my was. Twitter <laughs> the <laughs> penis gag, please. I wish I would have known about the penis I don't, gag. I'm trying to think. I got into the podcast business for penis gags. Penis gag, nothing but penis no, gags. Please don't. <laughs> uh, finishing up here, love it. Uh, Sourd's best. Um, other people said it differently, but that's yeah. I just wish I, he I, actually um, liked the main characters he was writing for, which is funny. Um, so you guys go back and forth on that, and I love that. So thank you guys for for keeping the conversation lively uh, between each other. Um, so check out that thread. Finishing up with the last of these um, so we can get out of here. Uh, the Doctor Who show uh, responds, an absolutely fantastic outing for the Sixth Doctor, probably the second best story of that season after Varos. Black humor, interesting oh, yeah, characters. Oh, yeah, Varos was very good. Yep. Black humor, interesting characters, and a Dalek plot that does something new. I totally disagree, but okay. Uh, the Imperial, Imperial Dalek color scheme looks fantastic to this day. I do like the different Dalek colors, including clear, which is great. Like Pepsi clear. Um, for the love of crinoid says, um, there's some really unique and dark concepts here. Love it. So a lot of positivity here. And the last two tweets we have here from Victoria's Chamber says, I've recently started watching the Six Doctor episodes, and I actually like him just fine. At least his relationship with Perry is better than Five and Tegan. Reminds me of Three and Joe with him putting his arm around her protectively. I also like the episode. And last, Mike uh, Freiberg, who also wrote us uh, previously. Um, Colin Baker is to Doctor Who what Timothy Dalton was to the James Bond franchise. Criminally underappreciated. The story uh, is this is a, a solid episode, if rather family unfriendly so thank you guys very much for responding on twitter and uh for keeping the conversation going between yourselves if you'd like to jump in there we are on twitter at t-o-d-w show which is the same as on instagram where you can find all of our gifts um and we are on facebook at facebook.com forward slash t-o-d-w-s you can also send us emails at the old doctor who show at gmail.com or just visit our site theolddoctorwhoshow.com. There you can find all of our previous episodes and see a schedule of what's coming up next and also find the subscribe links. We are now on all of the pop, the podcast platforms. So you can find us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify now, actually. We are on Spotify. So go and check those out uh, and tell your friends. So I think we covered it all. Uh, our next story then, Eric, is what? What are we doing next? Oh, so the next one, we are, we're back to Hartnell. Uh, so this oh, yes. is The Edge of Destruction, I believe, is our next story, if I'm not mistaken. And also, uh, for people that are looking for stickers, it's P.O. Box 2131, Red Bank, New Jersey, 07701. Please send a self-addressed stamped envelope, as some of you have already. Yep. And I will send them out. And uh, if you did send one, it, chances are it's on its way out. Anyway. Awesome. Cool. All, all right, right, guys. Thanks Thank you and girls. Uh, peace, folks. Bye, folks. I think it's all right to eat other people as long as they've been properly canned. So in the future, when we think we're eating soy, but it turns out we're actually eating people, well, I'll be okay with that, Charlie Heston. I'll be able to live with that. As long as the people are packaged in their sanitary conditions. I'm a vegetarian now, but I'm willing to make an exception in the event I'm presented with people. Because I've always been fairly standoffish, I have this tendency not to get to know people very well. And I don't think there's any better way to get to know humanity than to ingest it. Stop!
I'm not saying I want to eat people. I've heard they taste like pork. And I've never been a big fan of pork. I'm saying, there's someone that's going to go through all the trouble with the pig.